Good day, everyone, and welcome to the Accessibility Podcast here with Mr. Nathan Coleman and Mr. Jesus Bautista. And today we're going to be talking about a very important topic that really, you know, I'd say this is a personal uh, topic regarding myself, Mr. Bautista, and Mr. Coleman. And uh, so let's start this conversation. First of all, the guests first. Uh, Mr. Coleman, how are you doing this morning or this afternoon? I'm doing good, George. Thanks for asking. This this morning, Mira, Mira, I'm still asleep. Uh, how about you, Mr. Bautista? I'm not doing too good. I'm here. So, Mr. Coleman, so so people can know you, because uh, I, I know a lot of people know of you, but those who don't, can you just give a, a brief uh, background on yourself? Yes, of course. I'm a proud UTEP alumni. I graduated with my bachelor's degree in electronic media back in 2010. And since then, I have been an activist, an activist for people with disabilities, of course, behind cameras. And of course, now that uh, things have changed, the, the dynamic has changed as far as the pandemic has had a lot to do with it. And so I just have taken this time to basically make it a point to bring the disability awareness um, back up you know, as far as local advocates as well has have brought it up, you know, but as far as I just wanted to be an additional streamline for the community to reach out to. Um, when I say other communities, I mean Desert Adapt and the PAC um, group that have, you know, pushed on issues, pressing issues at the legislative level. And so I just wanted to continue that momentum with them. Yeah, and Gender Adapt has been very, um, very crucial, and they've they've done a lot. They the one of the, the founders was was instrumental in the actually the signing of the ADA. So, and Mr. Bautista, how about yourself, sir? Just oh, I'm reminder. just a, as I've said before, I'm an educator. I've been an educator for about 32 years, and and a wrestling coach for both boys and girls at the varsity level, and I I've taught special education at all levels, K through through 12. Uh, and um, isn't it amazing, Mr. Bautista, when people you tell people that they're like, and he's blind, <laughs> like it was something you know, like like it was something special, you know? Yeah, I know. Well, it's nothing special to me because I, you know, I, I wrestled when I was in high school, and all I had to do was was teach the same things, the skills, you know, the yeah. And nothing. so in, in the classroom, you know, you you've been you've been blind and visually impaired, so you understand the disabilities that the, uh, that the kids have, you know. Because yeah. of that, and then Mr. Coleman, like you, you touched on this uh, disability awareness, and that's why I, I did that on purpose so people understand that, you know, people with disabilities, folks, we do need assistance in some aspects of life, and one of those is getting ready for life. What I mean by that is, you know, getting dressed, you know, prepping for for our food, and but there are certain extents to how that's done too. But before we go any further, uh, Mr. Coleman and Mr. Bautista, I'm going to do is go ahead and play the. Mr. Um, Coleman was actually, a, he's a celebrity. He was on KTSM this past week, oh, Wednesday, oh. right? Yes, Good. that is correct. Yeah. You have to, I have to get your autograph, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna play a clip or a, um, the video or the interview just to put more context into what we wanna talk about, okay? So I'll be right back after this. This is from KTSM. Out of a story that is new this morning, an El Paso native is bringing awareness to the need for attendant care workers across the borderland. 
KTSM 9 News reporter Jasmine Perry is out live to tell us why care workers are so important for people with disabilities. Jasmine, good morning. Good morning, Brenna Chair. So since, since the pandemic, there has been a massive shortage of attended care workers. Now I spoke to a local advocate who tells me how important it is to have one. The Personal Attendant Coalition of Texas is assuring seniors and Texans with disabilities that they'll have an attendant who can meet their needs. That goes for people with different disabilities such as cerebral palsy, muscular dystrophy, spina bifida, visual impairment, or Asperger, Asperger's syndrome. They, they all need someone to prepare food for them, bathe them, or even a companion, especially if they don't have a family member to confine in. Nathan Coleman is an advocate for people with disabilities and a kind of caring partner's home care in El Paso. And while his brother has been taking care of him for 36 years, he knows how important it is to have an attendant caregiver and how there is a massive need for attendance. They shouldn't look into the money issue. They should look into the satisfaction that they have of working with somebody with a disability, making a difference, being the light that they may need to continue on because, of course, having a disability um, can put you down in many aspects. He adds that he wants people to realize they are making a positive change in the life of someone with a disability. As of now, attendant care is a minimum wage, but the Personal Attendant Coalition is working to raise wages for attendance. Coleman says if you have disabilities and you're on a waiting list, they have an attendant. To not give up because a social worker will contact you to set up an assessment plan as well as create an individual plan of a budget. That way you don't have to stay at home. Well, that way you can stay at home, I mean, and not in an institution. Okay, so that when she says, Mr. Coleman, when she says for people not to stay home, like what the heck? But she messed, she messed up. But, but we we just go this uh, this conversation, like I said, is personal for me and Mr. Bautista. I'm proud to say that my wife is a personal care attendant, uh -huh. and she tells me what, what she goes through, you know, emotionally, and because you know, sometimes it is stressful. And and then when I, me and my mom take took care of, or me and my mom, me and my wife took care of my mom. When she was sick, uh, you know, from a uh, horror lift to changing her to dressing her to it's a lot of work, folks. And what I think what's happening, Mr. Coleman, Mr. Bautista, is that sometimes they're not appreciated what they do, and and I think that's what's important that we need to understand because care attendants enable us people with disabilities to a certain extent live a more uh, fruitful life. And what I mean by that is. Now I always tell people that I should give an example, and you know what I'm talking about, Mr. Coleman, um, to get ready. So let's say they call me up, oh, Mr. George, let's go to the, to the movies. All right, I just wash my face, comb my hair. Well, I'm, those who don't know I'm blind, uh, who are blind, I'm, uh, I'm, bald, I'm bald, just to let you know. But anyway, but what it is, I could get ready in, what, 10, 15 minutes, me and Mr. Bautista, but someone that uses a wheelchair or has limited mobility, well, let me say that, has limited mobility, doesn't necessarily have to be in the wheelchair. But what happens is, it takes, like when I used to get my mom ready, it would take between an hour and a half to two hours to get it ready. Just to go to the store or go to the movies or, and that's, but without personal care attendance, that's where we need to really focus on because I know of a gentleman, and you probably heard this too, Mr. Coleman, uh, he was, he couldn't get out of bed. And uh, so what happened is his care attendant couldn't go. So he, folks, he stayed in bed the whole day, the whole day couldn't eat he had to use the restroom in the bed a whole day until the caretaker came over the next day 
And that's why it's very crucial. That's why my wife, when they call her, Porcita, she like the other day she worked from eight in the morning or eight at night to eight in the morning. They called her that we need we need an emergency from nine to two. She went. I'm like, wow, babe. She, but that's dedication. But go ahead and talk about your experience, Mr. Coleman, and why it's so important for personal care attendants. Well, you touched upon a great um, topic there of, you know, how important an attendant is on a daily basis. I mean, yeah, I know many people, as you stated, um, that uh, rely on attendants, you know, to get them up every morning. And with the pandemic in the way and, and, and you know, money being an issue to many of the individuals who have the, the, the schooling to be a nurse or a CNA, you know, don't, don't pursue it because of the fact that they too have to make a living, you know, and so we want to change the panoramic of, you know, um, the money not being an issue, but rather, um, you know, having them come to the client and helping them out, you know, as far as keeping them in their home, Mm -hmm. you know, and as well as making sure that they're fed and, you know, exercising and whatever they have to do on their daily life, let that not be uh, an excuse for them not to be out in the community community as they deserve as an able-bodied individual. Amen to that. Amen to that. How about you, Mr. Bautista? You know, George, uh, I, let me just add uh, two points there. One is that um, I thought that the, those uh, caretakers got paid um, decent wages, not minimum wages, because I know that uh, I have a caretaker, but she's not a caretaker per se. She's a, an assistant, mm-hmm. and they get pretty good money. You know, anywhere between twenty and twenty-five dollars an hour. But and my second uh, thought was, I I remember two two, and I don't know if you remember this, George, but there's two, or there were two individuals on wheelchairs that worked at City Hall, and those two would get up at five o'clock in the morning just to prepare for themselves to be there by nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. Can you can you imagine what they had to go through, what they had to do, just for, to do that? Whereas um, you and I, you know, we have our limitations. We, but we can dress ourselves, go shower, and and, and be ready to go. You know, it doesn't take us uh, two, three hours. And and I feel for the people. One 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 thing that I I've always uh, fe- felt bad about for people who are in wheelchairs. You got your governor who is in a wheelchair. I bet you he gets everything done because of the money. And that's what uh, Mr. Coleman was indicating that. There's got to be some money uh, put into the system so that so that they can help better, well, better prepare. What you're, what you're saying, Mr. Mr. Bosch, is true. And just to let you know, folks, what Mr. Coleman was is kind of focusing on is the money, when he says money. So just give me, just put this in context. So you have someone that makes $8.50 an hour, $8.50 an hour, $8 an hour, let's just say. and But they have to go and like, put someone in the Hoyer lift or help them change their diaper or have to – Folks, that's a lot of work. And I've been there. I can tell yeah. you, it's a lot of physical work. And it's stressful. It is stressful because you want to make sure you're doing it correctly, especially when you're moving someone via a Hoyer lift. But yet, so it's $8 an hour. But then you have someone that say, okay, you know what? Come over to a restaurant. You make 10 bucks an hour. Well, heck, man. I'm going to work 10, 10 bucks an hour. But what Mr. Coleman is, is, is indicating that paying attendants more money keeps them loyal. Unfortunately, you know, we have to have that money component. But it keeps them loyal to their to their clients or, or um, it depends how you want to say consumer or client or patient. But the point is, Mr. B- Let me ask you, Mr. Coleman, what, what can we do or not do? But what do you see in the future regarding 
the progression of, of care attendance, because let me ask, let me put this into with your question, with the question. Mr. Mike Palama, which I think you know, Mr. I think both of us know, Mr. Bautista and you, Mr. Coleman, we're talking about it this morning. And uh -huh. Mr. Mr. Um, Palamad, he's a program manager at Valar, Independent Living Skills Center. And he said something that I've never thought about. And I don't know if you probably have a comment on this, Mr. Coleman. How about the rural areas like uh, Torino, Fabian, Sanelli? You know, is it more inaccessible to get uh, attendance out there? I would say it is because, of course, n the communication streamline isn't there. I mean, the internet or phone, the basic essentials of the phone, internet, and what have you, um, is not there. So how how are the clients supposed to communicate what they need or want when they have those barriers? So and and and, and also uh, along with that, George, um, a lot of the uh, people, uh, especially the elder. Uh, which I don't consider myself an, an elderly person. I'm only 80 years old. Uh, but <laughs> the, 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 those people are not necessarily uh, knowledgeable, uh, technology-minded, you know? So the only thing they have is maybe the, a phone that they can contact uh, their, their, their but, but person. You're, you're, you know? Another thing that just popped in my mind, Mr. Bautista, when you said about the elderly, um, it's not only people in wheelchairs who are blind, etc. No, you remember, like my my wife, she has two customers or, or clients that have dementia. So, yep. when you interact with someone's dementia, folks, just to let you know. Now, I want to make sure I say this correctly, and you correct me, Mister Coleman, if I'm incorrect. But when you when you have when someone is diagnosed with dementia, well, you I have to understand that it, that is a diagnosis of, of the brain. And what happens sometimes when the brain gets affected, that person gets aggressive. And it's not because that's what they want to do. It's just because of a damage to the brain. Like somebody that had the TBI, a traumatic brain injury, it's the same thing. And like my wife, she she's a, a, a caring for a 92-year-old woman. And my, my wife was saying last night that she had to like physically hold her from walking away from her bed without her walker. And then when she got her, the, the lady didn't know how to use a walker. She said, well, how do you do it? So what I'm saying is, all that entails to what? People were like, you know what? I don't need this. I'm gone. But if they get paid better, like you said, Mr. Uh, Mr. Coleman, and not, not only that, let me see if you agree with this, Mr. Coleman. There's no insurance for those workers. Right. Okay. There's no work stability. In other words, there's not a set 40 hours. Right. There's no vacations, no holidays. So my wife can't go to work because she's sick or she don't feel good. So there's a lot of things that are missing from that industry, uh, that occupation where you know, like Mr. Bautista, he's a retired teacher and yes. I'm not working right now. But the point is, there's no benefits. Right. Right. So there has to be a lot to to get to that level. And so what I want to use this platform and any platform I'm given to speak for the attendance, like Desert Adapt and the PAC, is that we want legislators to really, you know, hone on the fact that that is very important. We do need to make this industry a top priority, not a bottom priority. Oh, what's the pack? Can you tell people what the pack is, Mr. Coleman? I'm sorry. That's, a, that's the Personal Attendant uh, Care Coalition, Coalition mm. and okay. Desert Adapt. Desert Adapt, yeah. The limitations that, that uh, you know, people on a wheelchair have are, are you know, serious and, and severe in, in most cases. 
and people have to understand not just the the the, the government or the the people paying you know paying the the, the bill the, the public needs to be aware they need, the people the public needs to be taught because you know uh, in fact most people don't even the policemen don't know how to deal with people with disabilities or limitations you know they they they've had kids or, or people who are uh, autistic and they arrest them physically because because they they don't understand them you know and and the same thing with people in wheelchairs you know they 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 need to be understood and people need to you know reach out instead of you know walk away cuz you know how it is george you, they see you with a cane and they walk away from you they don't want they're afraid of you but so they, they talk to you or they talk to you uh, they talk to you real loud like how are you they're like I, I'm, yeah. I'm blind yeah. well don't ask my wife she'll tell you I'm dead. So to that point, I do want to go ahead and let the community know that, that UTIP does have sensitivity training. Um, if yeah. they do want to, you know, pursue that, uh, we do encourage the community to reach out to UTIP and, and get into those sensitivity trainings because that's how they'll know how to help us and not not treat us less than a person. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, Mr. Coleman, let me ask you, um, you mentioned it during that interview, and I've heard it several times, but for those who don't know, what is the waiver list and what, how does that work regarding to services? All right. So the waiver program is basically a Texas Medicaid um, service that allows the client to remain in the home instead of an institution. They're given the opportunity to hire their employees as they see fit. And they also do have the ability, like Mr. Bautista mentioned, to make it a more competitive wage for attendance to actually help the client or um, participant in the CDS program, which is consumer directed services option, uh, you know, to remain at home and in, instead of the institution. So basically it gives you the flexibility to set your own hours. As long as you, you stay within the allotted hours, um, uh, hours that, that is, that the state um, approves. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I know. That's what I was going to say. That, like, uh, for us, uh, we have a certain number of hours that the that the insurance insurance company allows us to to utilize. Other than that, you know, then we have to pay out of our own pocket. But one one of the questions that I that I wanted to ask you is, uh, how do they teach you individual uh, um, independent living skills? Uh, do you it's have it just depends on the client what's their, what um what they need to remain independent in their home. You're given the opportunity to train the the employee um to your needs. So you're given that power, and of course, it just depends on on a case by case basis. But that's the beauty of this um program that it allows you to have the freedom to do basically what you would like, you know, and and versus the um the direct agency, the supervisor basically tells tells the client and the, the provider what they can or cannot do. Let me ask you this, uh, Mr. Coleman, when it comes to the, um, and I went blank, oh, snap, I went back, I went blank on my question. But gonna, <laughs> I went blank, I could ask you a question regarding, uh, we talked about the, the, the um, anyways, so this, I go to my next question. How about the, George, how about, about the, the lift services? How, how well, uh, how, how how well do you guys use or do you use uh, Lyft services and how, how good are, is the service for you guys? Well, 
in my perspective, it's it's getting better, but there's always room for improvements. However, what I like of the current contractor is that they do take um, feedback from the writers. However, they do take a while to get to the answer, but they do take it into consideration. They have to go ahead and go through channels through the city because, of course, it's a, a subcontractor. So they really don't have a say, you know, that we could do this or we could do that. They have to go back to the city to get approval. Sure. That's what most people do not understand. And, and the thing is, the lift, we're, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole, folks, because the lift in itself, I have information about that. And some people think that um, I'm trying to be negative, but you have to understand, folks, that the lift with Mr. Beltrista and Mr. Coleman are talking about is called Sun, Sun Metro Lift. The lift is provided by a third party vendor or contractor called MV Transportation. And the problem there is that, uh, you know, well, let's just say this. There's issues there that need to be addressed regarding the, the level of vehicles that they have in service. The service, but yeah, the service. What I, going back to my, what I was saying at the, my initial thought is, the lift, folks, it's got to think about that. It's L-I-F-T, living independently facilitated by transportation. What that means is everyone, that knows about the lift or paratransit, we have to use it. For me, like for example, me, Mr. Bautista, and Mr. Coleman. It's, it's not by choice or or by choice, I guess you want to say. But for example, if I want to go to a store, I use a lift. Or I could use Uber or I could use a lift, L Y F T. However, someone that utilizes a wheelchair or mobility device, guess what? They're limited. They can't use Uber or L Y F T because some of the vehicles are not accessible, even the, the current cab companies. But that's another subject. But then okay, I'm gonna go back to you about the, um, the waiver list. Yes. So the waiver list, is that true Medicaid? Is that to Medicare? It's Medicaid um, funded. Okay, and then, so just to let people understand, what's so crucial, what's the philosophy, like for example, independently, I used to be on the board of directors for Valar, so I understand the philosophy of independent living, so just so you people can understand straight from the horse's mouth for you, Mr. Coleman, I call you a horse, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. What's the importance of not having someone in an institution? Uh, the importance of not having someone in an institution is basically uh, the ability to actually have a life um, outside of your home. Uh, the community uh, freedom does change per perspectives. I mean, Let's let's put the pandemic in an example. We were locked down for God knows how long, and we were basically being being um, uh, depressed because we were just at home, not doing anything. And so, on top of having a disability, that just that just added to to uh, to the frustration that one already has. And so, the the consumer directed services option does give you the ability to to remain again at home i cannot stress it um remain at home and of course continue being in the community and so what i wanted to point out with that is that many people have the same rights as as the consumer directed services option but many of them are afraid to take that bold step because there is a lot involved however there is help out there uh, you know for yeah. example in my case um, I receive services through in-home attendance services, and we have um, dedicated staff who speaks 
Spanish and English. And they're also the first CDS agency that has 25 plus years of experience that have people in place like myself to train the new clients how it is and what is expected of an employer through this option. Okay, that's a good. That's a good idea. I'm glad to say that. Oh, I'm, I have to say that. I know something I could say earlier, folks. And those who are watching and listening, and later on, I'm, you know, there could be a point where we, we we're going to need services somehow, somehow, some way. Yeah. Is it to institution, hospital, physical therapy, mm-hmm. encounter a stroke, diabetes, whatever. I'm going to tell you something, folks. Okay, and I hope people don't get mad at me. Personal care attendants are not maids, and what I mean by that is. Don't have them clean, you know, under your sofa. Under, they're there to to make your life more independent. Okay, and, and the reason I say that because not only me and you know this, Mr. Coleman, you've you've heard from the personal care attendants coalition, mm-hmm. is that you know we take it for granted. Oh, she's coming today. She'll clean that up. Not really. That's not her. Jo- their job, he or she, is to make your your area around you, like you say, your bed, your bedroom, your your immediate living quarters, clean. Okay, it's not to go clean the backyard. I, they told my wife one time, she called me, she was upset. She was a lady making me clean the dog poop from the backyard. Oh. I'm like, mm, don't think that's part of the you know, agreement. But what I'm trying to say is, personal care attendants, their main job is to make us independent. And what I mean by us, well, well, let me rephrase that. What they do, they, they empower us, right, Mr. Coleman? Yes. Empower us to live independently, to be in to go to work, to go to school, you know, whatever we want to do. And in closing, Mr. Coleman, what can you tell both you, Mr. Bautista and Mr. Coleman, what can you both say the importance of higher wages and to make the, the I guess the, I guess you want to call it the benefit packet or benefit incentives for someone to become a personal care attendant? Well, I don't think that the uh, care t- takers, uh, do it do, do this for the money however we all we all do we need the money you know what i'm saying if i drive a car vehicle and at the with the prices of gas today i could i can't go you know 15 20 miles to to service some, uh, an individual if i'm not you know if i'm not getting paid you know so that i can cover that and i, I think what happens is that we lose track of the fact that you know we need that service and they, what they try to do is they try to, the state tries to service everything as cheaply as they can. You know that they they buy the cheapest com- computers. They buy the they don't want to they don't want to have spent the, the the money because they they want to allocate it elsewhere or whatever. But I think that the the government the state needs to to understand that, especially people on on wheelchairs, they need more you know more protection. I, I mean, it, it's it, like it's like us, George. To, to put a, a kid through college that's blind or visually impaired, it's expensive because we have to use computers, jobs, and that kind of stuff. For for a guy that's uh, that uh, has a hearing problem, he doesn't need to, to, to. The government doesn't need to do all that. But for people who are on wheelchairs, they need more than what they get. That's my opinion. You know. What you say, Mr. Coleman? And so I do want to go in um, before getting into the last point. Uh, there are other agencies out there like ours. Again, it's Disability Services of the Southwest and Alta Vista Alamo. But of course, um, if 
anybody wants information from our agency, I do um, encourage them to reach out to me. And back to your question, um, I say that that money is 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 a driver. So if you yeah. pay if you pay your attendance well, they're gonna produce well. True. Amen so, to that. Amen to that. Maybe maybe one thing that popped into my head right now, Mr. Coleman, and that Mr. Bautista kind of I I guess he triggered the question. What in regards to standards? What I mean by that is my wife been to many companies to her time, either because there's no no patient no patients available or whatever. But I noticed, and I don't know if you know about this, Mr. Coleman, if you, or you could speak more on this. But I noticed that some agencies, they'll hire her, ask her for her ID, and then they'll say, okay, tomorrow go here. And then she'll come back, hey, babe, tomorrow I'll start. I'm like, no drug tests? No background check? Huh? So, and, so you and did like, bring up a good point. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. And the reason I say this, folks, because it just could, I won't, I'm not going to elaborate so I won't get in trouble, but when I was working for the Attorney General, my, one of my jobs was to do background checks or background investigation on people that were, were evading child support. And when the reason I say this is because sometimes uh, I would have, I would see the occupation of the non-custodial parent and they're a caregiver, either as a female, a caregiver. I'm okay. So when I run, you know, their name, it, it, I get their invested, you know, their, what they say, their background, their criminal background. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Coleman, it, I was amazed that like one person had, I'm like, and their care attendants, how in the heck do they get a, a, a be, you know, but what I'm trying to say, I, so can you speak on that regarding to? So your, um, to your point, uh, yes, uh, we do have trained staff that once they receive the application, uh, they do run a extensive criminal background history check. And depending on, on the availability of them running it, getting it back from the company that they use for the background check, they could start as soon as tomorrow, for example. Mm. Um, yeah, so true. basically, as soon as they pass, they're they're ready to go. And the thing about that, when I was saying about the different agencies, so for example, that's one agency. But then my wife started with another agency, and they did, they, they say, well, you can't start until you do the background, you can't start until you do the drug test, you have to take a class, a, a whole day class, we'll pay for it, a four-hour class, and that's mm -hmm. regarding dementia. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I honestly, Mr. Coleman, Mr. Bautista, I felt comfortable her working for that company for some reason. Even though I'm not a consumer yet, but what I'm saying, I felt her, I felt, felt her, can't even talk. I felt comfortable that she was working for a company that really cared about their clients. Mm -hmm. And like you said, going back to the money issue there, Mr. Coleman, everything is like you said, everything is money driven. Yes. You know, private sector, government, you know, anything. But right. when it comes to attendance, I think that's where the ball is dropped right. regarding to you know the paying the attendance. And I do appreciate what Desert Adapt has done in trying to advocate for better wages with the PAC coalition. You know, in regards to uh, the same thing. And I hope one of these days that there's a standard where people want to go work. And like Mr. Bautista said, and I'm not gonna lie to you, it's passion. Like my wife, she could be making seven bucks. She don't care because she loves her job. She loves the people. And when right. they pass, she's you know she's you know she's sad. And so I my my so I put not because she's my wife, but I put her in a different category. She does it out of her heart. But there's some people like I've seen that my wife talks to her her coworkers, and I'm like, and they work for a caretaker. Like one of them said, oh I I smoke you know marijuana. I'm like, wow. And, but what I'm saying is, not to put a, a, a bad shade on attendance, 
you know. But what I'm saying is we have to appreciate them, folks. You know, if you have a care attendant um, for your mom or your brother, for yourself, not not talking to you, Mr. Comer, Mr. Bolton, say thank you once in a while. You know, gracias, you know, thank you for what you do, that. Okay, do this and do that. Be appreciative of what they're doing for you, okay? Because when they're not there, it's going to impact you. I guarantee you, right, Mr. Coleman? Oh, yes, indeed. So, so. so as we're going now, folks, um, Mr. Mr. Bautista or Mr. Coleman, how can someone contact you, sir, if they wanted more information regarding Is there a website, phone number, email? Yes. So our website is inhometexas.com. And I could be reached via email at Nathan C at ihastx.com. And what I'm going to do, just to, can you send me that an email? What I'm going to do, I'm going to go ahead and put that on our website, folks, which is www.accessibilitycorner.com. We have over 65, we're getting close to 70 community resources. And I'll put your information on there, Mr. Coleman, yes. uh, regarding the email and contact so people can reach out to you. And because uh, I think it's important, folks, to really, this impacts your, your, your 30s and 40s or 50s. Man, I'm not going to need that. Unfortunately, you might meet it someday, folks. You might be in an accident or even just regular, regular temporary disability. What I mean by that, you have surgery, back surgery or knee surgery. You can't get up and do stuff for yourself. So just think about that, folks. You know, be appreciative. And Mr. Bautista, before we go, any last words, sir? Just like to thank you, uh, thank Nathan for um, coming on to discuss this issue, which I think is extremely important. And I think that I hope that the listeners out there will uh, reach out instead of walk away and if you do that you'll find that these people are are just as warm as anybody else yeah and mr Coleman, i want to thank you, thank you for what you do for our community i know you do a lot um you, well, you're part of those uh the lift uh discussions and thank you sir for that because we need, we need more people involved you know i have a hashtag on facebook no progress no, pro no participation so i do appreciate sure. what you do sir so to that point, just really quick, I do want to go ahead and um, let our, our listeners know that uh, we do have a lot to get done, but the only way that we could get it done is if more people come come with us and have the same vision, have the same drive to make a difference in not only our community, but in our surrounding areas as well. Yep, exactly. Well said. Oh, I'm glad you said that. That's the thing I wanted to mention too, folks, is, is you know, because some people say, oh, because we're on the border or because we're in Texas. No. Mm-mm. This is universal. You talk to someone from Massachusetts, Utah, New York, Illinois, it's all the same. Lack of attendance because, like I said, uh, Walmart's paying 16 bucks an hour. But you have an attendant that literally changes your life, I mean, for the better, and they're paying $7, $8, 8.50. So what do you think they're going to do, folks? $16. I need to support my, like you said, Mr. Coleman, at the beginning of the show, I need to support my family. I'm sorry, but at 16 bucks to $8? Common sense, right? Is, what are you going to do? So hopefully one of these days they'll be at the same level. Even McDonald's, for God's sake, they're paying, what, 12 bucks or whatever they're paying, 10 bucks on there? But yet, independent, uh, uh, personal care attendants, just put that in context, folks. Just think about that. But anyways, I don't want to open the <laughs> can of worms there. But Mr. Bautista, thank you, sir, for... Always being active to yourself. You know, you, people don't know about you, but you, Mr. Bautista has been very active in transportation and and even uh, disability rights. So I do appreciate that. Um, he's been, you gotta understand, folks. Mr. Bautista has been here since the 1918s. So, anyways, um, 
So, Mr. I Coleman, knew, I knew Abraham Lincoln real well. <laughs> right. <laughs> Mr. Coleman, I salute yeah. you. What you do, sir? Uh, matter of fact, like I said, his information will be on the website uh, probably tomorrow morning. And this, uh, this, uh, um, this podcast, folks, just so you can know, if you know anyone that wants to listen to this podcast tomorrow or Monday, uh, tomorrow, Sunday, yeah, tomorrow, and they have a smart device and say, you know what, I heard this great interview on, on Facebook. Just tell them to say, tell their, their smart device that please play the latest episode of the Accessibility Corner and this podcast will start playing. So, because this message is important, folks. I do want people to hear this message. So, anyways, will we see you next week or in the two weeks or sometime? <laughs> but good night. Goodbye, everyone, and hope UTIP does good tonight. Oh, well, before I go, Mr. Paul, Mr. Coleman, who's going to win tonight? And MSU or UTIP? Proud uh, UTIP minor fine. Uh, fan and alumni, so they are going to win. <laughs> right, that's about, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. How about you, Mr. Bautista? No, me, 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 I'm just going for the Panthers. <laughs> Panthers. <laughs> I, don't know who, I, don't, I don't know where they're from, but I just like the word Panther. No, uh -huh. no, no. I, I'll go for Utah, go Miners. Uh, oh, Miners. They'll, they'll, they'll be one and two now. Uh, I, I predict 24-13. Yeah. So let's see what happens with that. 24 Utah, 13 NMSU. All right, folks. All right. Good night. Go watch the game and see you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Later. Bye-bye.